millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I was sending a voice note to Corey one time on the iPhone um, as I was just walking around the Upper East Side, and I was like, yeah, let's figure out the recording schedule later. And then I walked past Sunyi Priven and Woody Allen, and I was just like, <laughs> no I'm way. on my voice note. I'm like, holy shit, holy shit, Woody Allen, Woody Allen was walking to the left, Sunyi's here, holy fuck. Sorry, I swore again. I didn't mean. Can I swear on this? Oh no, we're good. Okay, of okay. Course. We ticked that explicit box. I sent it to Corey, and I was like, "Dude, I was like, this voice note is scheduling, and then it gets wild." Hello and welcome to Legitimate Likes, the podcast where we take a look at some of humanity's greatest fascinations and try to work out, are they really worthy of the hype? It may be a like, but is it a legitimate like? My name is Hugh, and I'm joined this week not by my co-host Will. Will is away, so I'm joined by Anya. Hi, Anya. Hi! This is very exciting to be on the other side of the, uh, the, side of the pod. Yeah, you're in the big chair now. Yeah, not on the sidelines. Battlefield promotion. Um, listeners, Will is on holidays at the moment. In Barbados. He's in Barbados. He's in Barbados. It's so offensive. Um, but we have decided to bravely struggle on. And it's a very exciting day today because we are joined by some very exciting guests. Some boys. Some boys. The Bradshaw boys. And this is extremely exciting for me because you guys kept me company through the dark the dark days of many covid lockdowns so it's kind of mind-blowing to have them here so please welcome Corey and kevin from the bradshaw boys hi guys hello thank you for having us thank you for having us all the way across the pond uh we're glad we were able to keep you company uh that also kept us sane recording podcasts during the lockdown it's funny i actually listened to one of yours from i think what might have been in the middle of a very strict lockdown i could hear even in your voices that it was really getting on top of you guys. I mean, it, we, someone put we up have that a few thing. iTunes. Go ahead, go ahead, Corey. Well, I think it's the same story you were going to tell. The iTunes reviews about yeah. the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People said, people were like, I like this podcast, but when they got to season six of Sex in the City, they all seemed very drunk. <laughs> and it was like, it was like, yeah, it was like 
April of 2020, I was like, we were hammered out of our minds, just like hopping on Zoom, <laughs> doing podcasts and drinking wine and being like, when's the world over? So your concept was that you guys were three men. So I know John isn't here today, but three guys who were watching Sex and City for the first time, mostly. And do you want to tell us where the idea came from? Yeah, I mean, it came from uh, Kevin and I uh, both do comedy in New York. We had we had all three of us have been friends with Kevin and I were running this comedy show and it was winding down and John and I had been at a party and we were talking about Sex and the City, mm -hmm. how it came up and we all had three different experiences with it. I had seen like an episode through a girl I was dating, John's wife as a musical theater actress. She would watch it when she was on tour um, and uh, and. Uh, we were, and Kevin had his own experience with it. Kevin, you can um, say. Yeah, I actually gave <laughs> I gave uh, Sex in the City tours in New York for a few months, even though I had never seen an episode of Sex in the City. Love because <laughs> I, I just, uh, it's like any job that you get to pay the bills. You just like say yes and then figure it out later because it's just my day job as I'm trying to like be an actor. And uh I the it was great the people that would pay for the tours because they were such big super fans they actually didn't care that I hadn't seen the show because yeah. I would be like this is uh this is where apparently Steve and Miranda met and they're like and then once they found out I didn't I didn't know they'd be like it's in season two episode six this is this place <laughs> and like they just I would take them to the places and just point to it and then let the people that paid for the tour like educate me on what it happened so when i first watched the series all the way through i was like oh my gosh i remember all of these <laughs> spots that i took people to now i finally know what i was doing on that tour <laughs> no to be honest uh, kevin i'm a teacher and that actually describes how i kind of approach my job as well you know yeah. you sort of get there you <laughs> start great. things off and then you know the kids figure it out Exactly. Exactly. So let's let's talk about Ulysses. What did you pick up last <laughs> night? Uh, and you just let the kids yeah. fill in the gaps you, for that or whatever. Yeah. Expectations of the eleven-year-old girls I teach, but I like that. You know. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> what are they not teaching people in Ireland? Eleven-year-old girls got to learn about that. Ulysses. Yeah, like presumably um, outside of Ireland, there's a certain view of us which is like presumably all their schooling is just whiskey and Joyce. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. As <laughs> totally but it's funny, just like you know, your perception of Ireland and then New York. Like the, it's so much of the appeal of the the show, and then your podcast is the incredible glamour of New York. And I mean, I, I can't believe you guys get to live there. Like to me, that would be like living in a theme park. And I'm sure that drives you mad, all the tourists. But like recently, like I'll watch anything about New York. Like recently, I was watching like the Times Square Killer, and I was like. Just looks so beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> it's just this like horrible <laughs> TV show. I, uh, I will say though that it, it's probably similar to like any of these like when something meets your expectations or exceeds them is always amazing. And even living in New York for thirteen years now, there's some times that you're just going about your day being like, man, like this is happening and this and that, and then you'll like be going over the bridge and see the city, or you'll you'll like happen upon something and you're like, wow, this is probably the coolest place on the planet, in my opinion. Even after over a decade of living there, there's still moments where you're like, no, it's it's as good as you would expect it to be. There's the lows, but it really is an incredible place to live. And sometimes it is very much like certain mo the show like really highlights it's they have a lot more money than you'd expect and you I can't afford a lot of people can't afford the clothes that Carrie Bradshaw actually has as a writer. But there are lots of moments where you're like, yeah, that date was just like sex in the city or this party was just like this episode. So 
it it's it's not totally unrealistic. Yeah, it definitely the the show definitely uh it's weird cuz it highlights places that we don't necessarily hang out at in real life. I think that's one thing that was interesting about doing the podcast, which like we were like let's just do a project together. We'll all watch it through and we would like I think you know they go to all these clubs and stuff none of us are like club guys like but we've also we have been to a Yankees game which they did one time so like our Venn diagram for what their life is like we have the same experiences in terms of it being a magical city we just don't always end up at like the super high fashion things but then there there are like weird times where like Kevin and I have had uh different experiences where like we you do end up at some weird thing where there are celebrities there but i think a lot of things of our podcast it's like the night we planned the podcast we were at an irish pub in uh hell's oh, kitchen yeah. and uh That's a cool sentence. and we had a bunch of yeah and we had a bunch of rounds of uh guinness and whiskey and we were just like we should watch all of sex in the city in one weekend <laughs> let's do it all in one weekend and then the more that we like revisited that we're like oh, maybe we'll show a podcast about it but it's like i feel like our experience is the low end of what the women in the show sometimes ex- like experience but i mean i'm sure we'll get to this but like their lives i and again I, so i'm a complete newbie to sex and the city i started watching it and and I've, i'm okay. i'm only eight episodes in but crucial part, well, part of the thing that's slowing me down is that after each episode Obviously, you have to listen to what the Bradshaw boys think about it, you know. So that's and given that, given that each of your episodes is about four times as long as the actual episode of the TV show, God, yeah. it takes a long time. But their lives seem <laughs> oh, like exhausting is a kind word. I mean, horrifying. I I, I couldn't deal with well, that. Well, you know? Hugh, speaking of exhausting and horrifying, maybe it's time to introduce Michael. To wow! Hello. Wow! She did it. She did it. So, <laughs> so this is our producer, Michael. Michael, maybe you'd like to tell us what we're what we're here today to do. Why we've gathered these fine people here from New today York. Today we're talking we're about Ulysses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you kind of you kind of buried the lead there. Yeah, we're going to talk about the Sex in the City um, phenomenon and. As, uh, as as I'm sure you guys know, we start off all of our podcasts with a three question quiz to work out how much you really know about the uh, about the topic. So um, um, we're going to jump into the quiz. I was drunk during season six. I hope it's not season six. <laughs> <laughs> um, question one. Okay, so there are separate IMDb ratings for the original series, uh, the first film, the second film, and then the new series. Can you rank them in order? Mm-hmm. So what's what's rated highest down to Whoa. down to the bottom? What do you think? And by the way, Whoa. this is Corey and Kevin. This is collaborative. You can everyone's working together here. And I would say that given that okay. I've seen eight episodes of the original 168, neither of the films and none of the reboot, I'm happy to take the lead on this if you want. Yeah, but... <laughs> I'm going to pass this off to uh, to Hugh. Uh, yeah, I feel like this is Hugh's territory right here. You're the teacher. You you know you're, you're presentational. You understand education. Go for it. Thank you. By the way, spoiler alert for anyone listening: we're going to talk a lot of spoilers, so feel free. Everything guys, is on to the table here. Spoil away. Yeah. Everything's on the table. Yeah. Okay. So so the original has to be the best, right? Doesn't it? Yeah. I. I think the the only thing I think I have a good read on three out of four of these where they would go. The first movie is pretty yeah. beloved, and I'm just yeah, wondering. Is. I'm wondering if somehow the first movie ekes out the show for the rating, but I definitely mm. think it is. Mm. I think it is, and just like that, and then, sex, and then Sex in the City two. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's the three and the four. I think three is sex. Uh, three isn't just like that. Sex and the City two is your four, your bottom mm-hmm. of the ratings because it's 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 pretty universally unbeloved. <laughs> it is. Uh, it's it's. You know, there's a podcast called The Worst Episode of, or uh, The Worst Idea of the World, I think, and they watched that movie every <laughs> week for a year. Um, it's widely considered by a lot of culture not a good movie. Um, I, I will say, guys, I, you know, I've seen, I haven't seen all of uh, the original series, but I've seen a good few seasons, um, but I've seen the second mm-hmm. film probably five or six times I, it's what? such a it's such wow. a guilty pleasure it's just great just every scene i'm like what what were they thinking this is incredible yeah. yeah yeah there is a quality to the second movie that especially because we had heard a lot about it as because people would listen to the podcast and be like just wait and like there are some things they try and do in that movie that you're like jaws open you're like there <laughs> there's a very end of an era We've ta- I've said this many times before, but like just being in the mind of Michael Patrick King where he's like, everyone's in burkas yeah. and they're doing three <laughs> stooges around a corner. Yeah. And then there's going to be like, there's almost like the cartoon sound when like someone's tiptoeing like boom, boom. Yeah. <laughs> they're doing that in burkas in the Middle East. And you're yeah. just like, honestly... Props that your mind even went there because this is bonkers that you thought this was. <laughs> is that real? Acceptable? Like you can tell me yeah. anything yes! happens and That's I'll believe great. it. That's it's real. Great. No, it's yeah. it's it's hundred percent real. It is like Charlie Chaplin meets Charlie Chaplin. The three girls are like Charlie Chaplin or the Three Stooges in in like a in like a Muslim country and they're just kind of like making fun of Muslim women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's For two well. There's hours. also also. Also, they get these burkas from a bunch of uh, women that they've just been with who are in full burqa, but then the women pull up their burkas and reveal underneath they're wearing all yeah, couture yeah, yeah. designer yeah. clothes. So the women are like, this may be a burqa, but underneath is Prada. And then they're like, oh, we're, we're and they're like, you know what? We're not so different than if people on the other If you cut me, do I not world. bleed? We're all the same. <laughs> it's... It's exactly, exactly. By the time I get to that scene, I'm just in tears. You know, this yeah, is what I mean, guys, yeah. I was going to say, I've known Michael for about 18 years. You've known him for about 17 minutes. And yet the fact that he's told you that's yeah. his guilty pleasure film, I feel you know him just as well as I do. He, he opened up to us in a way that we just, uh, that's, a, that's, a, thank you for that, Michael. Okay. Well, there's, you, there's Michael. so many scenes in it though. You know, when they do the I am woman bit at the karaoke. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Did I, I sometimes I, think, did I yes. invent, was that a fever dream that I had? Like that can't Absolutely. be real. Hugh, you have to watch it. It's yeah. the stri- it's like, it's like, it's the most d- tacky, distasteful, like wealth pornography yes. that yeah, you'll yeah. have ever seen. Yeah. My four favorite words. Very much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing that's kind of crazy is that, so we talk about this with the new series too, and we'll we'll do the ranking, but in the new series, there's a moment where, and I think there's like, I, I think uh, Michael Patrick King may have been involved in like musical theater or is a big musical theater fan. If he's if he's in New York and he's a writer and he's gay, like he's a musical theater fan. You know what I mean? But I th- yeah. so they try yeah. these like musical moments, and I remember thinking that I am woman hear me roar thing is so funny because it was meant to be like female empowerment and really it was like one of the cringiest things I've ever seen. And then they do a, another song. They sing California Dreamin' or California Girl, the Beach Boys song. Yeah. Oh. 
California girls in the new and it's in the, the new same series. mistake that it's like this really earnest moment where they're singing a song and I'm like, dude, you guys do so much right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No more songs ever. No more. You <laughs> Nobody can, has asked for a musical number. Yes. Like, not one person no. has ever asked for that. I mean, I think the movie must be number four. I, I, yeah. I don't well, know how you're, it could you're yeah. right. The movie's, movie's got to be number and, four. And then, uh, Kevin, you were right as well. And just like that is is number three. Okay. And All right. We, can we... So then... What do we think? Yeah. So for, so for the top two, that's a good... I say we go series. I think we got to go believe in the series. I think I think series is top. Yeah. And the non-cycle. You've got it. Reboots three. Would you agree with those rankings? Well, I'm, I... I'm upvoting the second film like daily, obviously, but it's, it hasn't <laughs> had an impact yet. <laughs> so. Yeah. I will say the second film is kind of rising in the ranks for me for the mm. reasons we've just talked about. Like I would want to watch it again and again for those reasons. The same the same reason you want to go back and watch. Um, you know, like Commando or something like that. Like just to watch like, <laughs> you've, some. You've literally picked Michael's <laughs> other favorite film. <laughs> I hate to tell you, I hate to tell you, Hugh, but we're going to be better friends with Michael by the end of this than you. <laughs> Seems are. like yeah. a, when <laughs> you finally come to Amazing. Ireland, it's like, and what did you guys see? Like, did you go see the Giants Causeway? Did you go to the Skellix? Did you see Dublin Galway? It's like we went to Michael's house and watched Commando and Sex and the City two back to back. <laughs> We did yeah. that for four days straight. That was yeah. all we did. And it was beautiful. Wow. So, so yeah, just on, on that. So you're right. Original series uh, got 7.2 on IMDb. First film, 5.7. And just like that was 5.5. And then the second film got 4.5, which is really low. Oh. But the second film grossed $294 million. And that was it Jeez. came out in 2010. Uh, and the, the winner of the Oscar that year, The Hurt Locker, grossed $50 million. So, you know... You can't wow. say that you get it right, you know? Yeah. Um, Take that, Bigelow. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, I, one of the reviews, actually, of Sex and City 2 was like, watching Sex and, the two, watching Sex and City 2 was like uh, trying to disarm a bomb in Iraq <laughs> and it exploding and me losing all of my limbs. I remember that that was one of the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do want to say... Very wanna similar say to Hurt Locker. The question would still be out there, which film either the Hurt Locker or Sex of the City 2 was a more uh, honest portrayal of the Middle East. I think the question yeah. is really out there. You know, like <laughs> it's, they both dealt with that question. Yeah. And uh, I don't know who, who really nailed yeah, who it. Who came out on top. Yeah. 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 Also, I'm Hurt, definitely going to watch it after this. Yeah. Hurt Locker. Not the Hurt Locker. Not the Hurt Locker. Directed by a woman. Directed by a woman. Yes. Catherine Bigelow. Yeah. 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 No musical yeah. numbers, famously. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. Anthony Mackie didn't break into song at, at that point when he's like, "Should I pick the black wire or the red wire? Which one will defuse the bomb?" <laughs> so, uh, second question. Uh, we're flying through these. Um, this is the first podcast where the entire show is just the quiz. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like this is going to be an easy question. Um, which of the four women? had the most sexual partners in the original series. So just in oh, the original. Oh, I know the answer. I mean, like, based on my I, limited knowledge, I feel it should, it, it's got to be Samantha. But that, yeah. No, it's not. It's, really? it's Charlotte, isn't it? It's Charlotte, I think. So I, I think it's got to be a tr- it's got to be a trick question because you would you would yeah. you would originally say, oh, Michael's saying it's it's maybe maybe it's not a trick question. <laughs> I mean, I maybe think. That's OK, a, you, I you think presume we, too much. <laughs> I think if you break it down, like we always talk about this on our on our show that uh, Charlotte seems like the most prudish one, but Charlotte ends up getting 
she has some of the most awkward dates. Like she dates the face licker guy. She ends up she yeah. ends up on all these weird. She dates the guy who just punches people. Like the guy that just gets angry and like beats up. <laughs> yes. uh, like I love. That. I think he beats up that. another guy in the bar. And um, I think the <laughs> yeah I, I forget what the name of that episode is. But anyway, like and then she also she dates uh, Shmuel, the Orthodox Jewish uh, guy. She yeah. sleeps with him. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you're in. You're in the first season. Um, we got so much. We've gotten so much flack from like our listeners that because we just talk. It's like we've done 150 podcasts, and probably 10 percent of it is talking about Shmuel, the character, and yeah. they're like, "Who's even Shmuel?" And we're just like, it's "We that still and talk Capote about him." Capote Duncan, is it? Capote Duncan. Yeah, yeah. him and uh, Capote Duncan. Yeah, yeah. with it. also a Charlotte guy. Yeah. Yes, but, and a Samantha guy, of course. But Charlotte, mm. because he had to have sex. Tonight. Tonight. Yeah, Charlotte is very horny and very way more sexual than is uh than is represented in the mm. sh- like mm. she says she says things and I actually relate to this, but it's like she pretends like she's more um conservative or more traditional than she lives out. And yeah. I think that that is probably relatable to a lot of people, but Samantha's just more open about mm. her sexuality yeah yeah yeah. so i feel like we could maybe say charlotte i i think the answer is samantha i'm gonna go with samantha wait we have to agree on this though no no i think we, we can, don't have to agree can... cory you and i can say samantha okay Corey, you, you, you and it. i are you've got samantha. it it's it's samantha it's samantha what do you mean cory got it i got I it five minutes ago I think I think you. I'm gonna give it to you. I'm gonna give it to you. I assume she gets the stats because she spends less time in a relationship, right? The others are all, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Yeah, um, she only yeah. has the the uh, the Smith relationship for the last season, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But Samantha yeah. apparently has uh, 41 men and one woman. Um, then Carrie and Charlotte are tied uh, uh, at 18 together. So Samantha actually oh. Samantha actually doubles them. She's, she's yeah. and then Miranda is 17. Um, and then apparently the the average American woman, so that that's just for the series. The average American woman has nine sexual partners in a lifetime. Huh? What's the average man? Well, they say it's ninety, but it's three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. My numbers are. I've never said this before, but my numbers are actually the same as Samantha. It's uh, 40, 41 women and one man. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a beautiful night, Kevin. I'll never forget it. Yeah, <laughs> that was when you were in Ireland. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, just watching Commando uh, in the background. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh wow. Uh, question, question three. Then final, final question. So you're doing doing pretty well here. Um, which fashion label uh, through the original series um, mm. is mentioned the most? And yeah, go for it. Go for it. That was my buzzing in. Uh, Manolo Blahnik. I would agree with that. I think it must be Manolo Blahnik. Yes, yes. Correct answer. You've never heard of Manolo Co- Blahnik? Co- correct answer. Does that surprise you? That's, no. That's the red shoes on the bottom. The no, red. the red shoes on the bottom no, is Christian that's, Louboutin. that's Louboutin, Louboutin. Oh, what, are the, what the fuck are Manolo Blahniks? Sorry, they're the, uh, they're the shoes. <laughs> they're the they're she, she's she's in them a lot isn't she's she? in like them a lot I th- yeah she talks yeah. about them a lot yeah talks yeah. about i think the they're the shoes in in a woman's right to shoes i think they're the shoes they are that, where she leaves them at the party i think they're manila they are. The silver ones and then she that gets stolen. i think the is the hello lover thing there's one time where she like goes up to a window and looks at some shoes and is like drooling over them i think those are manolo's and then I don't remember if her wedding shoes are Manolo's or not, but her wedding shoes. No, the wedding shoes. Are they Jimmy Choo's? The wedding shoes. The wedding shoes. No, the wedding shoes are Manolo's. They are because they come back they in the new series. 
Yeah, and they are beloved by basic brides everywhere to this day. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I said what I said. Yeah, I said what wow. I said. Anya, you wow. and I, you got married recently. What did you? Oh, there we go. Oh, we got a picture of a Manolo Blanc uh, up on screen here. Hugh, my wedding shoes nice shoe. came from like a bargain basement shop that was closing down, and they were twenty five years. I love that. Good job. Anya. How do you like them apples? Yeah, I love it. Uh, yeah, thank you. Well, mostly because I they're like eight hundred quid for the the Manolo Blancs, yeah. so you know. Do you know what's interesting though? I feel like the. Uh, because just based on that mistake, I know they said Manolo Blahniks a lot, but I heard that Christian Louboutin, like they wanted to do the red bottoms, like as a weird, as like a very noticeable status symbol. Mm -hmm. And so for me being like a non shoe person and making that mistake, I'm like, that was such a smart thing to make the red bottoms a thing that is like, you know, that those are expensive. Cause I was like, Mm. that's the coolest shoe to me. Just whenever I see them around i'm like man that's crazy yeah. like i don't even wear yeah. wooden shoes and i'm like that's yeah, impressive yeah. yeah you can actually buy uh like a kit where you can you can louboutin your I've seen shoes. Those. it's like a red <laughs> stick on thing yeah so you can I, you know I, now everybody can have i them. have those on my hiking boots yeah <laughs> my uh my friend was on um was on played on david letterman the band they played on as the band on david letterman and i was hanging out they texted me and i happened to be in that area of town so i went by there and the girl that did makeup for david letterman her side job was selling stickers for the bottom of louboutins and she, that's like, the most new york sentence <laughs> i've ever heard really <laughs> yeah. everything about it yeah that's how expensive it is to live she's like yeah, yeah. doing hair and makeup for yeah. david letterman isn't paying for this studio yeah exactly. i gotta yeah. sell I gotta stickers sell, for <laughs> i gotta sell rip off high heel stickers for people yeah yeah totally. yeah um, so, you're, so you're right. Manolo Blahniks were the were the top mentioned. Also up there were Gucci and Dior, and oh, then uh, yeah. Prada, Fendi, uh, Chanel, and Dolce and Gabbana kind of rounded rounded it out. So, guys, I think I think that's three out of three, which I suppose is what we kind of uh, kind of expect uh, from this this caliber of guest. Um, <laughs> so uh, now what we do is we, we get into the pros and cons. We want to hear about what you uh, we, we've heard a lot about what you like about the show. Um, so what you know. What, what, why you keep coming back to, to Sex of the City, why you wanted to do the podcast about it, and then maybe some of the things you, you don't like about it that you, 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 you'd, uh, you'd like to see less of. Well, I, I would say when we started it, it was, it was why what I anticipated, because I don't think we would have chosen a show that's like, let's go through any show. What I anticipated was I was like, I love things that are set in New York, movies and television. I just love... When I moved here, I love seeing when they are filming around town and I love seeing New York on screen. And so I liked that. I love we're all Corey and I are, you know, throughout the podcast have been single or dating. John was dating and married. And it's the questions they bring up are very easy to relate to that. It's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. love and dating and sex in the modern city, you know, mm-hmm. and then um, it's just like well-written television and it's not a show that I would have watched on my own unless we did this, but it was, it gave us great conversations to have that really helped me understand myself a lot more and articulate my thoughts on love and relationships. And, um, and so I think the pros have been like when people watch the show, like it sparks conversations that are relatable and are very, very deep questions that are like, breaking up and heartbreak and love and and sexual partners and you know 
all of this stuff. And so it hit those three things for me. And then getting to talk about it with my friends, like clearly showed that there's a lot there to cover. And so, yeah, I mean, I just think romance and sex and love in a modern city, they just knocked it out of the park. I don't think there'll ever be another show like it because of that. Yeah, I think I... I also liked it because it was set in New York. I used to watch, I, I guess the way that I kind of came to it too is before part of the reason we say mostly on the show was that I, I think there were two episodes that I would watch at home by myself. Cause I just like New York shows. Like I would watch the show bored mm-hmm. to death. If you ever saw that, that was an HBO show mm-hmm. too. And it's set in Brooklyn and it was just a show that it's, there's like a romance. It's the same way that I actually, I watched uh, uh, that show normal people this year. Oh, yeah. And, and, yeah, I, and yeah. I was like, oh, this is what young people in Ireland are like. And I'm like, now I Dude, have a, Dude, young people in Ireland are incredibly sexually <laughs> active all the time. Don't talk um, to each other. Well, yeah. Yeah. All that stuff. Yeah. yeah completely. Yeah. Um, but, it, you know, it's like I love the picture of a place. And when you get to live in that place, it's 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 so much better. And um, but it also it's a show that is very iconic to. Uh, you know, the four women, it's a personality quiz that people play where they're like, oh, I'm a Mm. Carrie, I'm a Samantha, Mm. I'm a Charlotte, whatever. And so it's an identity-based show that uh, it gives you this jumping off point with other people. And it's given Mm -hmm. us, uh, because we are unlikely fans of the show, as like, you know, like you said, like three, three straight guys who are of a certain age that would not be the normal fans. I've had so many conversations with people where they're, where they're like, wait, you have a podcast about this? And then we start talking and then I'm like, oh yeah, that's, that's the episode where uh, Charlotte falls down and meets Trey. And they're like, oh my gosh, you really do know this show. So it's like this <laughs> odd, it's become an odd yeah. connection point. And yeah, well, yeah. one of the, one of the best things has been like the guests that you guys have had on has been such a window for me into life in New York. Huh. Like I've discovered so many people through like Jen Kirkman. Oh yeah, Kirkman. Mm. Didn't yeah. know her. Uh, is it Joe Weldon? Oh yeah. The, the, yeah. Burlesque, the, yeah. the, the burlesque. Like, I follow. Yeah. Yeah. Shanae Sh- 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 Alexander. Mm-hmm. Like I follow all these people on Instagram now and it's just been like especially during the pandemic when the world got so small mm-hmm. it was just this whole other window into the world and everybody was talking about this one thing yeah. sex and city like love it or hate it everybody was able to relate to it yeah. uh, that's just been amazing for me all these people on, on Instagram that I've now discovered thanks to you guys yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, well, been very cool. it's a great connection it, it, point for that yeah we should say yes. as well you guys have had some incredible guests you've had Sarah Jessica Parker you've had Kristen Davis like you you know you really really got got to the heart of the show yeah that's we, the power that's the power of Instagram. I mean, it's the power Absolutely. of like social media because there are lots of times that I think we all have like pro and con relationships with social media and how it works. But when you like we DM'd Willie Garson, who just passed away earlier mm. this year before the show, uh, before the new series aired, we just DM'd him and we're like, will you do our podcast? Didn't respond. And then we got more and more. Th- this is like a week into starting the podcast. And then like a year later, tried it again nothing a few years later and then finally it said seen on instagram and then we're like he's like yeah we'll do it okay and okay. um and now that he is not with us anymore and it was like a tragic loss for the cast members and stuff that particularly stood out that it was like man like we just started watching the show and then we got to sit down for an hour mm-hmm. with this beloved actor who has passed away like he's 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 gone mm-hmm. and that was yeah. just like a quick moment that we're like sweet willie garson's doing it because we dm'd him on instagram and i think when he passed away and then when people were the cast members were talking about how much they missed him it was weird to know like man we we're sitting on zoom with this 
this human being mm. and mm. and we got to connect and talk to him about acting and and I don't know it was that was like one of the most powerful moments in the in the podcast because then it was like man this that's so cool we didn't go through a PR agency we didn't mm-hmm. mail like a request we just DM'd this person they saw it and did it and it was like you know in all the craziness of the world that was one of those things I was like man that's really cool that that yeah, can yeah. happen in yeah. this this world now you know i actually once met kim cattrall and i did not know who she was Whoa. <laughs> oh michael yeah yeah michael. it was before i like watched the show or anything i was at a thing in the uk she actually joined the conversation that i was part of we spoke for probably 30 seconds and then someone told me you know hours later it was like it was cool that kim cattrall was there right was oh like, my gosh yeah yeah michael yeah, I, know. I know i know right Kicking myself. That is yeah. awesome. How was the yeah. conversation? What did you? I, that's yeah. the best I, because I then you got to have an authentic conversation. I, yeah. I I doubt that she recalls it. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she was like, yeah. "This guy just yeah. kept talking about Commando." <laughs> yeah, I didn't get it. <laughs> Hi, listeners. Hugh here. If you're enjoying this episode, why not check out some of our earlier ones? Listen to our thoughts on Game of Thrones or reality TV. Or find out what we really think about love and relationships on our recent Valentine's Day episode. Or just dig into the back catalogue, see what takes your fancy. Find out what we've decided are legitimate likes, and what we've taken away from humanity forever. Don't forget to listen to the amazing Bradshaw boys on their own podcast too. Okay, back to the show. Guys, in terms of the, uh, I suppose the cons, like the one thing that struck me about your podcast, I actually found it on kind of an unusually snarky day towards, so you know there's a, a, like Buzzfeed's 25 Reasons Carrie Bradshaw's The Worst. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah. I love the show, but yeah. I'm not, you know, I, 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 I see both sides. And I kind of thought that this was going to be a very snarky podcast where three guys came in, had no fondness for it. And it was totally different. Like you get, came to it very authentically, but did you expect to hate it? Did you think it was going to be a snarkier watch or a snarkier podcast? I don't know if we expected I, I, I would like be it. snarkier. Yeah, you thought you would? Yeah. And I've I've actually I've tried to tone it down, but with the new series, I've had a hard I've had a harder time um containing like I've had I've had to work really harder to like look on the bright side with some of the newer things cuz it that really upset me. Um <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess, listen, if you care, if, if you don't like something, it's because you care, you know, if, uh, it's not <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but I would say if there was a con for me and then I'd be interested to hear Corey's, but it would be that like, I think sometimes the show is what it is and it's really great. And whenever they try and s- the, whenever they try to like be a little more um, friendly or in. I, I think that their their attempts at inclusivity are not only fall flat, but end up being ultimately like insulting. Mm-hmm. And mm. and I think that that's kind of continued into the new series. And I think that may just be part of like, I don't know, like it's difficult. It's a difficult world. Like I wouldn't I would hate to be trying to tackle issues all the time. You're going to step in it. But um, sometimes with the the second movie with with uh, with what they tried to do to be like go to Abu Dhabi, I think was an attempt at that and it was ultimately embarrassing. And then the new show. So those things for me are like, are, are tough because I think they're so good at other things that it it stands out. Mm, Um, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, And that's really been my only complaint. 
I feel like they nailed the Abu Dhabi stuff. I don't really understand we're being so hard on it. Um, I think they really got it. Um, no, I think, I guess if there was a con for me, um, it. what's funny is like the, the way that they definitely fumble with diversity. Even, I don't know if you remember the episode uh, where Samantha's dating um, the chef, the, the, the chef's, chef's brother, brother. Mm-hmm. and, and yeah. Samantha <laughs> ends up becoming the, the, there's an entire, there's an entire club of black people like championing Samantha for, for like cussing out uh, like this man and his sister because Samantha, like it just, it just does not go well at all. And it's all just because it's his sister's made into, she's demonized because she doesn't want, Samantha to date her brother because she's white and there's just so many things about it that it's like yeah this could exist in real life but probably never has and all to make this character look better uh, that stuff for some reason it it is it, it never goes well but it doesn't bother me because I kind of like to watch train wrecks sometimes so like there are times where I'm just like oh this is so bad um, but yeah. that also doesn't spoil the show for me. It's just, it's like Kevin said, it's a thing that I think they're not, they're not great at doing. Um, I think the only con for me would be that I guess there are some times where this is asking the show to be something that it's not. But if you look at other shows like maybe Seinfeld or, um, I know Breaking Bad is not necessarily in the same genre, but there are certain shows that I think champion their main characters less and because of that they take like bigger chances and like Mm. on Seinfeld the whole thing is like all these people are terrible and we don't expect anything from them and because of that you get these really funny honest looks at people and I think sometimes Sex and the City I've had conversations with a friend about this I think sometimes it is it is set up to be we we love these people, you know, and so because of that, it's not always the most honest look. However, I do think it builds enough of a good world where you do care about it and you're not, you know, and like and I think they do actually offer the characters some real challenges. Like you see Miranda going through when her mom dies, like you see that grief process. Mm. You'd see Carrie fumbling through you know, terrible relationship decisions. And like, she does have to, even if she doesn't really understand it, she does have to face the fact that she (laughs) destroys Aiden's life. You know, like she, (laughs) she, you, you do get to see some of that reality, but I think sometimes they let the characters off a little easy. And I think Kevin, but there's some, Oh, sorry. No, there's just some incredibly pure moments. I mean, you were talking about when Miranda's mom dies and they're Mm. at the funeral and uh, Aiden and Steve are in the congregation. I cry every time I see that. And it's just, it's because it's so, like, you can imagine that happening to you. Oh, absolutely. That these two people show up at this really low point. And and yeah, when it it gets it right, like, it's just, you know, God, so good every time. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, as, yeah. as Anya said, you guys, you know, uh, very much avoid being snarky or anything about the show, but you're not the only people, uh, you know, reviewing the show. Um, so one of the things I like to do is I look through the, the one-star review section on Oof. IMDb. Love it. So I've got a couple okay. of samples here, because I think this is, you know, you get some really good analysis here. Um, so one of the reviews, uh, one-star reviews, is that the good thing about Sex and the City is that a lot of the conversations ring true to life, the romance stories are interesting, and the characters are fun. The bad thing is that the women act like complete whores. <laughs> <laughs> that 
was it. That was the review. Wow. I love amazing. I love this. So this succinct. like conservative Christian lady that's like, I really enjoy the friendships, but why are they having sex? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's pretty much the tone of the one star review. So uh, there's another one here, which is, I would have liked if they depicted the consequences that come with libertinism. Things like STDs, unplanned pregnancies, drug overdoses, loss of reputation, they all come to mind when I think of this type of behavior. Regardless of your gender, casual sex is not cool. Wow. I think, <laughs> I think <laughs> pop culture disagrees with you in, in every way. In every I way. I want to hang out with that yeah. person so much. It's also <laughs> funny, you never, you never hear it so, like, we talk about this on the podcast, like, there's lots of pros and there's lots of complexities that come with, like, casual sex. Um but it it's it's funny i and i'm always up for that discussion if anything the older that i've gotten the more uh, the more that it feels a little empty i know lots of people are just like casual sex like there's an emptiness to it that like once you do it a few times you're like oh that's not as cool as i thought it was that conversation is very interesting but what's way funnier is someone on imdb just being like you know what? Casual sex isn't cool. <laughs> <laughs> it does seem like someone that uh, maybe you had this person at your school, Hugh, but like someone who's almost like a narc that's paid to hang around kids and be like, yeah. hey, you know what is cool? Yeah. Soccer. You know what's not cool? <laughs> Regardless of your gender, casual sex. Casual sex. <laughs> but one of the things about the, the casual sex thing is like, I think the lesson isn't really about casual sex. Like the thing that always struck me when watching it was like Samantha was just so sure of who she was and her place mm-hmm. in the world and whether it was sex or work or whatever you know that speech after she gets caught with the with the delivery guy mm-hmm. and she's like as long as i can breathe and kneel you know that bit and yeah, like yeah, i yeah. will not be judged by society like that is just stu- like stuck with me so much and it's not about the sex it's just that she's somebody who's going to wear neon pink yeah. jumpsuits into her 60s totally you quoted that in your in your wedding vows didn't you i did i said as, <laughs> as long as i can as long as i can breathe and kneel breathe and kneel um, i do I agree with you that I think that um, it's not until you start really committing and watching to the show that you realize that they, you know, first of all, it's a TV show. So it's not there to like, hey, one star lady. It's, you know, it's maybe don't wa- show it to kids in school to teach them what they should, mm. what they should learn about sex. But Yeah, Hugh, stop um, doing that. Yeah. <laughs> it fills up the Come time on. so easily, though. <laughs> um, 20 minutes of Sex in the City, then play an episode of the Bradshaw Boys, then repeat. Yeah. <laughs> then we're on to the next but, period. Uh, they do deal with STDs multiple times. They do deal with abortions. They mm-hmm. do deal yeah. with unplanned pregnancies. And they do deal with um, with just, like, all of the characters end up... Like, I, I think sometimes they may not have meant to to teach this lesson in the first season, but it's like if you watch the first season and, and then you go out and you're just like, I'm going to go have sex like a man. I'm going to get laid. You do that a few times. And it's not like the characters at the end are like, I'm completely fulfilled. I don't need love anymore. Like, so sometimes people overlay this, like this lesson just because the show is about sex and treats it frankly, that, that acts like they're only saying like, I don't know, like, go do it. It's awesome. Like, there's about as much complexity in their views of, of sex yeah. 
as there well, is on you any see show. the trade-offs you see the yeah you, yeah. you see the consequences yeah absolutely yeah, yeah i think you yeah. do too but but also it's interesting because i think say when it first came out and i would have been a teenager and it was the kind of thing you had to watch i've heard like loads of guests on your show say this that it was something they weren't allowed to watch mm-hmm. and they had to watch it when their parents were out because you were totally preoccupied with the sex about sex the city but the older i get the less i care about that part of the story at all and yeah. you're so much more interested in everything else about it but that probably just mirror what it's like to grow up yeah, yeah. right yeah, yeah you know, totally you're, well, you yeah, also see yeah. that the, a lot of the sex uh subplots of the show are so ridiculous like there are so many things where it's like you know samantha meeting mr cocky and it's like the guy who is like has you know he's oh too, yeah too yeah. well endowed uh, but there are other things going on in the episode. And that's the thing. That the show's so relatable. When I saw that episode, <laughs> I was like, this is such a relatable. <laughs> sorry. That, sorry. <laughs> that's, what the, that's what the one star review thing. They were like, this could never happen. Okay, listen, I consider myself well endowed and I'm not. Um, but like no woman, no woman has ever said to me that my penis was too big. This is unrealistic. This is, this is, this is who, who would ever. Preposterous. This? this is preposterous. But you're right. Like a lot of the storylines, like, and then I said to him, where are you going to put that? It's all Samantha. It's all Samantha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like this. And it's, yeah, very schlocky. And I said, I can't do her voice. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why I tried. Honey, uh, honey. Yeah, totally. Yeah, <laughs> honey, if you're gonna, I that was good. Yeah. That was good. Keep going was good. on. Don't stop. <laughs> honey, if you're gonna spank me, you better ask to pay the farmer first. I don't know. None of her. That's good. <laughs> I think that was perfect. I think that was perfect. None of her. It'll be her on a farm. You yeah, know, it's gonna be yeah, a pretty yeah. complicated Whatever. episode Actual around that. Line, yeah. if you remember oh, Farmer she, Luke. Farmer Luke. Go- Farmer yeah, Luke, yeah. Farmer Luke, yeah. where he teaches her how to seductively milk a cow. Yes. Mm. Oh, Hugh, it's all ahead of oh, you. Get ready, Obviously, Hugh. a big part of the show is is the clothing, uh, the fashion, etc. Do you think, as you guys have, have watched through it, has it made you more appreciative of, of that, of the, of the labels, the fashion? You know, when you realize what you don't know, you just realize how uninformed you are. <laughs> and I think it's, it's, it's educated us enough to be able to look at that and say, I know that's something, but I don't know what it is. And okay, I, okay. I think when we watched the new series, I was like the fashion in the new series, they really went over the top. And it was enough to recognize that, but also to say, I mean, like we, we, we're so out of touch with it that it was just enough to say like, okay, I know that's something, I don't really get it, but I'm glad that they have someone costuming the women these way. Like there's one in the new series, there's one outfit that uh, this character, Lisa Todd Wexley is wearing. And it's like this brown safari jumpsuit with tons of pockets on it. And she's got like a little hairbrush and a pocket on her shoulder. And we noticed that. And I saw other fashion websites being like, LTW's awesome safari outfit. And like, we just said it looks like, uh, I don't know if you remember the sketch Brian Fellows from SNL where Tracy Morgan is playing like an animal expert. We were like, oh, she just looks like Brian Fellows. And like, so we can notice that stuff. We usually just make fun of it. But it sounds like Roger Moore's Bond, maybe. Yeah. For those who haven't seen it, she wears this to paint a woman's shelter in Brooklyn. Yes, that is true. Like this, this couture. It's, it's incredible. Speaking of relatableness. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, yeah. it's developed and your it's developed your palette. You 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 mm-hmm. you've sort of you developed some kind of taste for it. You might not be experts yet. Okay. Did, did you guys notice that between say the first season, it really ratcheted up? Like obviously the budget in the first the season budget, was yeah. much more oh, yeah. pared back. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I I yeah. really um I don't notice the fashion in like a in the fashion way. Like I've learned a lot through, like you're saying the labels and stuff. 
Um, but I do think that, you know, since we're, I don't know, straight and attracted to women and you get to look at beautiful women all the time in this show. So it's like, that's great. I notice um, s- way more like what I'm attracted to through it, which in real life, I don't really think about that as much. But through the show, I've found like I I really like Charlotte. And I was like, oh, I she has that like preppy classic. I don't know, like Ralph Lauren type style. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like when there's certain outfits that I love that Carrie wears and then certain times. And so I've started to notice like what types of fashion on a on a girl that I prefer. Okay, okay. And I've never been in a position to do that before. Or think more than just like um, so that that part has been kind of interesting because I remember I when I was in high school one time, there was like a bunch of guys in a circle and they're standing around being like, are you like a butt? Do you like ass or do you like boobs? And the guys were like <laughs> going around saying that. And I w- didn't notice that it was just like a two part answer. And I remember specifically being like, man, I just really like when a girl has like nice shoes. I think that's so sexy. And they all just like, <laughs> they made fun of me so hard. That's then, poor answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did, did some guy then lean into the conversation and go, Hey guys, regardless of gender, casual sex isn't cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fifteen years older than the rest of the kids. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, Wait a second. How do you do, fellow kids? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How do you do, fellow kids? So once, so once I watched the show, I was like, oh, this kind of lines up with like what I've always been attracted to. Like I know when it, when a girl's got on a nice outfit, boy oh boy. So, <laughs> and is that is that how you say it to them as well? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I I've never been on a date, but I've I've. That's if I was to go on a date, that's what I'd say. Vavoom, boy oh boy, does she look like a pretty lady there? <laughs> no, you know what you'd have to say would be like, oh, you've got the zazazu, which might be the worst thing oh Harry Bradshaw says in the that. whole thing. Yeah, I hate that. that I is think a child bad. dies every time she says that. Uh, but I know we've got a couple of really big Charlotte fans here on the pod Hugh Kevin like Kevin I know Absolutely. you're a huge Charlotte fan he, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah huge Charlotte She's, fan yeah, I'll vote if she for Charlotte listened to our too. podcast yeah. all the way through she would probably have a restraining order against me probably so <laughs> uh, yeah, Kristen Davis follows your Instagram right she you know, does. I always she thought did. that she did. She responds to us, but I just looked the other day and she she either unfollowed <laughs> us or she never followed us in the first place. <laughs> but but uh, I don't think she'd have any reason to unfollow us, but I did notice that. But she follows us on Twitter. But I mean even the unfollow okay. is a is an act of in a, is an act of event, you know? It's like yeah. the, it's like there's a bit in 30 Rock, I think, where Oh, lots. Yeah. And three. And, uh, so three yeah. says yeah. to him, you know, they're playing Boff, Marry, Kill. And she's like, I'd kill lots. And he's like, the thought that you'd do anything to me is just amazing. <laughs> so, you know, maybe <laughs> that's, that's where we are here. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's exactly what I thought that I was like, oh my gosh, I wonder if she, I, I wonder if she's disgusted by us. That's kind of exciting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. And here's a real basic question. I mean, which of the girls are you guys? Are we dealing with a couple of Mirandas here? Have we got a couple of Charlottes on our hands? Yeah. You know, what are we, what are we doing? What are we? Uh, well, I'm we? most, I'm most attracted to Charlotte, but when I talk about my identity, I, I always say I'm half Charlotte, half Samantha, because I did grow up in like a conservative kind of Christian family. And then, and I was very sexually, um, uh, more, uh, repressed in certain ways and then I had a few years as a Samantha and so I kind of relate to like the uh, the angel and the devil the like two opposite 
uh, yeah, characters yeah. fighting. So I'm I'm kind of like a struggle between both of those. I usually say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would say that I am part carry because I can be indecisive, I guess, in the way that, you know, how Carrie is always sort of like thinking things out as she's doing them, which is highly mm. frustrating to watch sometimes. But I can definitely relate with that. Also, I've worked uh, as, a, as a writer before in media, just like she mm. is. And so going through that, I, I think I would relate mostly with her and then probably probably also with Charlotte just because of the like domesticity of her life because I feel like I came from that and also like the part of America that I grew up in I grew up in a, a town called Charlotte North Carolina which is it's like a banking city and there's definitely like just a so lot just because of the name of the city it's <laughs> Charlotte it's Charlotte they talk about it when they're going to get that baby at the end of the series that's like oh it's so they bring up a couple from Charlotte North Carolina and they're like they are the biggest rednecks ever. They're like, well, we, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. we want to have your baby for you. It's great to be in your apartment. Boy, oh, boy. Oh, we got a good one. <laughs> Michael and Hugh, I, I struggle with you guys. Mike, I think you're, you're a Miranda through and through. Right. Yeah. And Hugh, I think, I think you're a pure Charlotte. Yeah, I think, I think if I'm one of the four, I'm definitely Charlotte. I think, though, I'm... I've, I've actually forgotten his name. Stringer? Stinker? Oh, uh... Uh, Skipper. 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 I'm Skipper, though. Oh, yeah. I love Skipper. We've had Skipper on the podcast. We've had him on the podcast a couple times. We went out, we we had him on the phone, and then we went and uh, interviewed him in Los Angeles one time. He's great. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he was was really cool. He was really, really cool, really nice, and we loved that character Mm -hmm. so much just because... I don't know. Probably more relatable than most of the other characters. Like, yeah. And does he not? Does he not last the series? No. Oh Hugh, oh, oh, Hugh. Uh, no, you, you can already no. feel it. <laughs> wow. No, Skipper, Skipper doesn't make it past season one. Wow. I'm sorry. <sighs> okay, but you have so much ahead of you. So like, much. You've, 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 you've so much ahead of you. Steve, Aiden, yeah. more big. You yeah. know, Petrovsky. Here's a question though, right? And and mm-hmm. so about big, right? So I'm still obviously in the very early days. I get that it's kind of like whatever, like. To some extent, I guess, despite everything they say, she's smitten with this, like, rich, handsome, older guy, right? Mm-hmm, but, like, yeah. are we are we meant to like him? Because he's awful, I think. Big? Yeah. No, I'm only eight episodes in, but I'm like, this guy? No. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's supposed to be this, like, this attraction to, to this, like, uh, I don't know, not, I don't know what the word is, but he's not a... He's kind of plays her a little bit mm, yeah. and they have the will and they play with that kind of the will he won't he will she won't she through a lot of the series. And I think that it's kind of like I don't know if they meant to do it, but it's kind of like too, you know how like the advice I've heard good advice is like a relationship can't be two half people it has to be two whole people to make a whole, a whole relationship. Not mm-hmm. mm. and I feel like Carrie and Big are like two half people that have not fully worked themselves out that come together yeah. to make half of a person. Mm-hmm. And I think, and so, yeah, I think you're, that's kind of the innovation of the show too. Like they have characters that are very flawed. Yeah. You don't just love big. Some people love him. Some people hate him. Yeah. And that's different. But it's than totally a lot believable of that you would fall for him. Right? Oh, it's yeah. Like he's the toxic guy. Totally. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. I mean, but I think what's most telling is when I first watched it, like say in my early twenties, I like big to me was the perfect man, but I watch mm-hmm. it now and I think this is a sociopath. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, like, and Aiden becomes the man that you're rooting for. So yeah. I think or Skipper. he's the fantasy. Skipper's no, the fantasy, I'm sorry, right? Skipper. 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 Uh, I like, I'm a Skipper guy as well. That's yeah. what I'm clinging on to. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he, he's the he's the. I think he's a very big, is a very juvenile I do fantasy think, man. And, it's, yeah. Well, yeah. and I think like, f- again, from the very early stages, like it seems like, and I don't mean this in a bad way, like there's so much stereotyping of characters, but I guess, as you say, they kind of then, maybe they start you on stereotypes and then you realize that there's more going on with the characters. Like, does that continue mm-hmm. or... I, I will say the stereotype, the the Irish doorman in season one. Oh my goodness! That I mean, Samantha oh, yeah. sleeps with. Oh, I'm just so cold off Jesus. the coffee chips from the famine. Oh, oh please, Samantha. He's straight out please, of the miss. 1840s. Yeah, yeah. Could right. I have another yeah. potato before you have sex with me again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. just so lonely without my mammy and dad. Oh, I will. So I will yeah. say this though: there are tons of Irish people in New York. In like you we- weird pockets of like different restaurants and different places, and when you find a good pocket of Irish people in New York, are a really hard workers and also really fun to hang out with. That's been my experience. I mean, this my experience has, yeah, mine has mostly been with Irish Irish people at Irish pubs in New York. It, yeah, I mean, this is the most self-explanatory thing ever. But there's a lot of there are a lot of Irish pubs, and you get there, and the guy's like, can I get you a beer? And I'm always like, oh, my gosh, is this real? Is he doing an accent? <laughs> He's actually from Ireland? <laughs> Incredible. But one time I was on the, I was at a pub on the Upper West Side and met these Irish tourists who were just in New York for, like, another night. And it was a younger, a younger me. Uh, and my goodness we hung out as my friend and I were with them. We ended up going back to their hostel with them and playing <laughs> drinking games at six in the morning. And, and it was one of those things where I told my friends later and they were like, you live here. Why did you do that? Like, why are <laughs> yeah, you going to, a, yeah. Where you? yeah, exactly. They were like, they, <laughs> you have a house. Yeah, they were like, <laughs> yeah, they were just like, they were on vacation. You have a job. What are you doing? And like, are you lean into it so hard? Like, it's yeah. <laughs> will I sing you, yeah. Danny boy? Oh Jesus, <laughs> I will. <laughs> I don't even know the words. But Kevin, you're a, you're a Doyle. You know, you're one of us. Kevin is. Look, yeah. I I wasn't I wasn't going to do this, but now that we're on the subject, I uh, oh get into it. There's Animal like stuff. a there's a like my dad's bookshelf right here. So I'm I'm yeah. s- sitting here. And I was just uh, looking up, and this is one of the books that's on just Irish history. <laughs> I love so, that it's such a small yeah. book. Like it's a nothing small happened book. there, probably. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm my family's from uh, I think from Cork, and oh, then cool. they came to uh, came to uh, Cleveland uh, back in like eighteen eighteen eighties. Um, so yeah, so I got the Irish connection. Mine is, what? mine is unfortunately, yeah. my family doesn't really know where, I mean, my parents are from Texas and then, uh, we have, we have po- a lot of Polish in our family, but mm-hmm. the name mm-hmm. Cavan, uh, I think is Scottish. It's not Irish. I believe it's Scottish, but it also is a, it's uh, my parents went to a state fair one time in Texas and so, and they got like a crest made and the guy, I think looked it up in a book and told them it was French. And in French, it's like it means like a small cave. So, if you were Corey's long lost Scottish cousin, what would you mm. say now? How would how would that go? You know, I can't no, do a Scottish accent. <laughs> Imagine you're Billy Connolly, but you're Billy Connolly Cavan. Talking about sex in the city. Six of the city. No, no, no. I can't because Will, if he was here, does a very good, like, soft, like Edinburgh, you know, Six of the City. No, that went a bit Scottish. Indian, I think. <laughs> <laughs> that went via Mumbai. 
I had to do a Scottish accent in a play. Oh, and, well, we have to hear it, Kevin. Well, it was, it was 15 years ago, um, and it was pretty bad. But I've gone to Edinburgh a few times since. If I if I I could go, let me see. If I do like Scottish right now, it's a little there big right there. Yeah. Yeah. I've got to have something to say. It's a little bit right there. I guess is that is okay. That but I don't want to, you know, Sex in the City. Talk about it a <laughs> yeah, little bit. Yeah, Pretty yeah, good. Yeah, That's yeah. It's Celtic, it? certainly. Yeah, you belong yeah. over <laughs> this side of the ocean. <laughs> it's you know. I think it's funny though that there's such a mythology about Ireland and Irish people and like sort of Celtic history in America because in its own way, like when we were growing up, America, like as a whole, America also had this, you know, (laughs) sort of aura of being this magical, mythical place. But I mean, like as a child, I mean, I remember hearing, you know, people would say, oh, New York, the streets are paved with gold. I believed that until way later than it was okay to believe wow. that, that was <laughs> We'd be like, no, the that's not. New York are paved with golden showers. Yeah, that's I was about to say, I was like, that's not gold, that's urine. Yeah, yeah, totally. yeah. That's a, That was a very Samantha moment, Kevin. <laughs> yeah. There was always like one kid in your class in school who had like an ant or something and they'd be like, and in America they have Baskin Robbins and there's oh, wow. you know, 40 different flavors of ice cream. And we'd be like, like, like a, they'd be like a celebrity, like you'd gather around pretty to awesome. hear, hear tell Someone of this. Someone brings back but some I mean, Hershey's, you know. Hershey's, yeah. which was disgusting. Which, guys, I'm sorry to say, it's so horrible. Uh, it's terrible chocolate. You're in the much better chocolate continent and butter. <laughs> you guys have better butter, oh, too. Irish butter. Kerrygold. Yeah. Kerrygold is fantastic butter. Right. Yeah. That's all Delicious. I do. That's Got all I some use of the fridge. Kerrygold. Yeah. Guys, we've covered a, covered a lot of ground uh, on, on You on should see fire. a block of Kerrygold in a naked dress. Oh, <laughs> oh my <Yeah>. God. <laughs> <laughs> Your two favorite I'm things. I'm just trying to get any season one references in. You're all like, oh, Aiden's so great. I was like, yeah, whatever, you know. You're yeah. like, well, let me tell you about Club Chaos, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the season one. But guys, that was one thing I loved about your when I was listening to you watch season one, and I'd never seen like your the sweet hopefulness in your voices, like that Skipper and Truman Capote were here to stay. And He's like, not Truman oh, Capote. Can anyone do a Truman Truman Capote impression? I need to have sex tonight. There we go. (laughs) There we go. Perfect. That's what I I want. I desperately need to have sex tonight, preferably with another man. It's like he's in the room. It's Truman Capote. Oh my goodness. What a coup to get him on. Sorry, Michael, you were trying to steer us back on. Yeah, sorry about that. I I was going to say, usually we we, we come to the point where we, we take a vote on legitimate like or not. I feel like it might be a foregone conclusion this week what do you think guys i i i it's a legitimate like for me for sure yeah and you it's know guys le- yeah. you're 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 deciding this for the whole world you know like this is oh, wow. we we've come yeah. here today but we basically whatever we do here is binding you know so yeah, yeah that's <laughs> so true. to give you an idea previously we've we've said that gyms are not a legitimate like oh. we've said that As you can probably uh, tell from our physiques uh, we've said that james bond is not a legitimate mm-hmm. like we've 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 taken the Super Bowl as not a legitimate. Like we've taken a lot of things away from humanity. I, I, but okay, I'm I'm gonna adjust my answer and say, and then I'll hear what Corey says. I will say, Sex in the City, seasons one through six, mm-hmm. yeah, is a legitimate like. Okay. I will I will adjust it and say, uh, Sex in the City canon, um, which I which yeah. I would include the movies, but I'm just gonna say the world and the entire experience. Mm. I'm gonna say. Uh, it is a legitimate like 
and and part of that is for the reason that I really believe that I believe it's a legitimate like it's it's worth your time. Uh, the other side is if I don't say that the past four years of my life has been a waste <laughs> creating this podcast. <laughs> so uh, yeah, 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 it's yeah. a dangerous yeah, dance yeah, yeah. we dance on this podcast. It really yeah, is exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We make you look inside yourself yeah. <laughs> for real. One of the things we do sometimes have to deal with is the idea as to whether there's some good stuff in a, in a franchise, particularly like Star yeah, Wars. Yeah. We talked about like there are a few good movies. There's a lot of rubbish, you know, or like Harry yeah, Potter yeah. as well, you know, things like that. I mean, I, as, as the resident expert, I suppose I can only speak to what I've seen. But I suppose the one thing I'd say is that much like you guys, maybe when you started off and on, you said, you know what, you you got to start watching Sex and the City because these guys are coming on the podcast and you need to know something about what they're going to talk about. <laughs> and I was kind of like, okay, grand, yeah. But then, you know, as Anya will tell, I got through those eight episodes in rapid succession. And wow. yeah, the reason on my original plan was to watch the first episode and then skip through and find some other episodes that were like iconic episodes. But I thought, do you want, once I started, I was like, no, do you know what? I, I, I want to go with this. And I'm going to keep going, going to keep watching my Sex and the City, going to keep listening to the podcast afterwards. And uh, yeah, so for me, it's a legitimate like. Sounds like a legitimate like to me. Me yeah. too. And then for my part, I mean, I honestly struggle to think of a piece of media that's had as much of an impact on me. And I don't want to get too deep about it, but I mean, I don't know anything else like mm. it. Mm. And it was the first thing I saw in which women weren't relentlessly punished for having personalities and sex. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, when you grew up on watching Friends and Frasier where like and like in a very like sort of purity obsessed slut shamey yeah. mm -hmm. culture it was kind of the first thing of its kind mm -hmm. yeah and i just don't know anything that's as fun and just as immersive and it's it's a legitimate like for yeah. me so i don't safe. i don't know if that's true on you i feel like that's a legitimate love a legitimate <laughs> love a leg yeah <laughs> i i do think it must have been amazing to see it at the time it came out you know like, like yeah. Yeah. even like yeah. and you, there's so much like like i'd have loved to have heard like i'm a big beatles fan i'd have loved to have been know what it was like when sergeant pepper came out you know like that must have been incredible yeah. Yeah. you know like and, yeah and this mm. not that it's exactly the same thing but like yeah like what, no i'd say it's what? the same i'd say it's exactly the same pretty much the big i would say suits, i'd say the beat i'd say the beatles and the sex of the city are same level for a culture that's yeah. what they I'm call Sex in the City, the Beatles of TV, you know? That's what we do. Anyway, I, I, I interrupted you with my terrible But yeah, I just think going. it must have been an amazing... No, and probably, presumably more so for, yeah, women who were suddenly no longer only being... Like, I think uh, possibly you talk about it on an early episode where it's like women in their 30s were never single and independent and had careers mm -hmm. and yeah. impressive in their own right and in media at that time, so... And just so unapologetic. Yeah, it, totally, the, totally. Yeah, totally. If the Beatles were Sex and the City characters, though, Ringo would definitely be Samantha, I think. <laughs> yes, I think Ringo would be Samantha. John would be... Paul is Charlotte. Paul is Charlotte. Paul is Charlotte. Paul is Charlotte. Always looking for love. Would John be uh, Carrie? John, yeah, John is kind of a romantic. Like, mm. he's a... And he's in a, he's you know, in a tr he was in a troubled relationship that affected his friends. Yeah. You know? And George yes. and George is definitely a Miranda because he is like a strong independent songwriter that left and did his own thing. That's true. Mm. Yeah, and Ringo's like, 
I'd like you to play with my drumstick. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Honey, if you're going to want me to play with that drumstick, you better show me what you can bang with it. <laughs> I don't know why. No, I no. lose it. I start with such confidence and then no, I can't finish good. it. Like, Honey, Honey, I'll take Honey. Honey. I'll take you down to my octopus's garden, if you know what I mean. <laughs> it's truly going to be a hard day's night. <laughs> <laughs> but guys, I mean, we, we already did an episode on the Beatles, but next time we do them, you're coming back on. So <laughs> I'm down. I'm down. I would love it. Thank you guys for having us so much. Thank you so much for coming on. Guys, listeners, we can't recommend it enough, the Bradshaw Boys. We can find you at, at the Bradshaw Boys on Instagram and Twitter, That's right? right. Yes. yes. Yeah. And I know Corey. Do you ha- you guys have some other podcasts as well, right? Do you have a Billy Joel? <laughs> I do. Podcast? I have a I have a right. I have a podcast that actually just started. It's a it's a Billy Joel and wine podcast. It's called oh Bottle God. of White, Bottle of Red. It is um <laughs> it's it's myself and a friend of the podcast uh, going through all the albums of Billy Joel, and we got a Brooklyn wine store to pair a bottle of white and a bottle of red with each album. So every episode we drink two bottles of wine while we go through track by track and, and talk about the history. Well, Corey, of the album. I'm inviting myself onto that <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Hugh, that you've got a couch incredible. to come. Have you done the stranger yet? No, the, no, the stranger is actually our next one. We've, we've recorded the first four episodes. Strangers next on the list and the stranger, we have a bottle of Rose instead coming with us for Absolutely that one too. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. But I was telling Hugh about this, I, I, yeah, it was like Anya. I was, Anya, I was asking, like, obviously. because Anya obviously knows more about you guys than I would, and she was like, "Oh, well, like one of them does some chess thing. What someone's into baking. There's Billy Joel." I was like, "I just don't know which one to propose to first. You know, like <laughs> this is my problem." <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for for coming on. Really appreciate it, and it was thank just you. Great, guys. Thank you. This thank is you. so, so fun. Thank you. Anytime you're in Ireland, thank you. you know, come and come and visit. Hey, we'll absolutely. watch Commando and eat Kerrygold. We'll watch Commando. <laughs> yeah, we'll watch, yeah, exactly. We'll watch Commando. We'll slice the Kerrygold like a cheese. Oh, yeah. And we'll have yeah. a wine. Sounds again. delicious. Yeah. Oh, same in New York. Uh, hit us up when you're in New York. I'll come I'll come and hang out at your youth hostel afterward. We'll stay up at 6 in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, thank you for stepping into the host role. Thank you for having me. Michael, thank you as always for producing. Anytime. Thank you so much for listening to Legitimate Likes. If you enjoyed the podcast, please follow us on Twitter, on Instagram. Like and subscribe and follow on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Please leave us a review because that apparently helps an awful lot. Thank you so much again to Michael, to Anya, and thank you so much to Corey and Kevin, the Bradshaw Boys. Thank you. Thank you. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. It's 8.45 on a Thursday night And it's time to record the podcast Well, it was meant to be eight But we always start late Because Michael always shows up last But tonight there's an air of excitement We all feel it, that's easy to see We've got Kevin and Corey to tell us the story Of their favourite show on TV Oh la da 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 La da da Podcast tonight, it's the Bradshaw Boys. So prepare for an audio feast. 
We'll talk Harry, Samantha, Charlotte and Miranda and their adventures in the Middle East. You know I've only watched the first season But these guys make me want to see more When they visit our land though We'll just watch Commando And eat Kerrygold on the floor So we thank you for coming, you Bradshaw boys we hope you enjoyed yourselves too And it's simply a pity we can't talk sex and the city On every episode that we do Oh la di da 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 La di da 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 Well the show has a lot of great lessons but at its core there's just one simple rule just make sure you remember regardless of gender that casual sex isn't cool When we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.